It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. As always, I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Uh, we've got another wonderful show in store for you. Uh, a, a guest, I, I'm really looking forward to talking to her and learning more about her. But first, of course, uh, we have our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, and uh, I'm going to get to it right away. It's kind of a long section, uh, relatively speaking. Um, So let's get to it and so I can get to my guest. So this section is entitled, Our Strongest Moments Happen When We Are Most Vulnerable. Connection is something we all long for, even with our own family, even with our own community. Yet connection only happens when there is vulnerability. Are we vulnerable enough to tell our friend that we are going through a rough time? Are we vulnerable enough to tell our brother or sister about the trauma we experienced as a child that they never knew about? Are we vulnerable enough to tell those around us that we are not sure what to do next? We think we have to keep an air of, I've got it all together, in order for our friends to think we're okay. We think if we show the world we are hurting, it will only punish us more. Actually, the world can relate to us more if we share our struggles and our pain. The more human we make ourselves, the more comfortable people feel around us. The more honest we make, the more honest we are about what is really going on inside us, the closer our partners will feel to us. To only show one side of ourselves to others creates a one-dimensional image of who we really are. We are so much more complex and intricate. We are full of contradictions and paradoxes. And if we allow ourselves to show that to the world at large or just to our best friend, then we can create a deeper connection. To say to your boss or your clients that you don't know how to handle something is brave. As long as it is followed by a request for help to find out what to do next, they will reward our bravery. If we don't express ourselves because of fear, we may hurt ourselves. We may hurt our reputation and trustworthiness in their eyes. To be trustworthy, we must be honest and vulnerable with them. For others to feel that we are safe, we must be honest about what is really going on. Sometimes, even we ourselves don't know what is going on inside of us. When this happens, we can be honest about that as well. Being vulnerable may seem as if we are are being weak. But nothing is further from the truth. Our strongest moments happen when we are being the most vulnerable. Is there a place in your own life that being more vulnerable will serve you? Can you open up and be honest about something that is scary to share with someone you trust? So uh, this section I wrote a a number of years ago, and it initially was triggered by, by one of my teachers talking about that in order to connect, we need to be vulnerable, that when we're not being vulnerable, it's difficult for people to connect with us. But then after that, and and that kind of sparked it, and then I started hearing it a little bit more in conversations. 
And, and then something came up for me personally that, that happened when I was quite young that I was discussing with my wife. And she asked me, she said, oh, did you ever tell your, your family about this? And I was like, no, it like never even crossed my mind to share it with my brother or sister. And, and we, we talked about it for a bit. And then it, it kind of really showed me in my, for myself how we're so careful to sort of protect this identity we make for ourselves. And we're sometimes so afraid to sort of share these traumatic, painful, challenging parts of our lives that we don't even share it with those people who are closest with us. And sometimes it's when we want to be closer. I mean, personally, I mean, I love my brother and sister, but we've usually not had an extremely close relationship. We're we're very different from each other. Um, We've led very different lives. And so for me, it's like my friends have always been my family. And, and so my friends at different points in my life would know more about what's going on with me than my brother or sister. But it just sort of hit home for me how much if we really want to connect with people, if we want them to feel like they can connect with us, it's really being open and honest about those parts of ourselves that we feel kind of shaky about. Like that's when people feel they can relate to us because we all have something like that. We all have moments in our lives where either we don't know what to do. We, 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 maybe some old pain is brought up, some old trauma, and, and we just need to share it with someone to process it. So uh, that's really what this section is about. To create connection. We have to be strong enough to share those most vulnerable parts where we feel almost naked sharing those things about ourselves with someone else. But when we do that, that's when we're revealing our true strength. You know, in this society, in this world, sometimes it looks like strength is being strong and manning up and not crying and being tough and suppressing our emotions. And yeah, if you're in the middle of an emergency, absolutely. But how often are we really in that kind of an emergency where that's necessary? It's a, We've evolved to a place where actually truly being strong is showing how weak we can be in front of other people. Not weak in terms of I can't do this. Um, I, I don't have the strength. I don't know. No, it's, it's, it's showing how, showing our challenges, showing the things inside of us that we don't even know what to do with. That is showing our vulnerability. And that is truly, when we share that with people, that is showing our strength. So that's the section from my book. Everyday Awakening. It's entitled Our Strongest Moments Happen When We Are Most Vulnerable. And uh, I, I hope uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, you get something from that. I hope, I hope that section serves you in some way. So now, oh, and I see a bunch of loyal listeners checking in on the Facebook Live. Oh, Kathleen, good to see you. Patty, thank you so much for checking in. Um, I think you're really going to love our guest today. So now it is my pleasure to welcome to the show, Laurie-Anne Spagna. Laurie is a best-selling author, speaker, ascension guide, multidimensional channel, intuitive, DNA activator, animal communicator, energy healer, visionary, light week worker and starseed who has transformed the lives of thousands of humans and animals through her channeled ascension guidance, intuition, sacred energy healing, animal communication, and teletherapy. She provides ascension training and support, sacred energy healing transmissions. Uh, She activates dormant DNA, star code uh, marking activations and and sacred key activations for humans and animals. Um, She's a beautiful human being. Welcome uh, to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Laurie. 
Unmute. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I'm so happy to be with you today ah. and the whole community. I'm looking yes. forward to our time together. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, I, I, I think my, my audience is going to love you. So I, I, we just have a few minutes before we go to our first break. So I just want to get into a little bit of your background. I always like to set the context so people understand. Um, have you always been somebody who's, who's been like deep into the spiritual world? Is this something that developed later in life? How did you kind of end up in this crazy world, I like to say? I was always an animal lover and I always wanted to make a huge global difference for animals. And I didn't know what that would be. And mm. the big change for me happened. I mean, I was living the human life and I had, you know, I had all these addictive behaviors, cigarettes and alcohol, like excessive spending uh. and eating coffee, the whole thing, you know, thyroid health issues. And the big change for me was my brother died of an unexpected, um, an unexpected drug overdose, I started getting messages from him. I had to unpack that for a whole year. Oh, wow. was, what was that about? And I started to realize it was real. I started working with animals as a dog trainer. I started getting messages from them really clearly. Mm. And then I moved to Maui, lived there for two years, got into the healing arts within the two years of living there. All those addictions, all the health issues gone. Like Six figures in credit card debt was gone within two wow. years of writing my path, like getting in right alignment with my true divine, you know, what I call mission, purpose, mm. source, my source. About how and long ago was that? It was, well, that was about 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, it was a, it's an unfolding of time, you know, so a right. process. So, but the big, the big kicker was I had a first contact experience, right? On ship. Oh, did you? Totally changed everything. And then I had what we call, uh, what we would call in the spiritual realm, like a little death, which is not a, it's mm. a physical uh, near death experience, but it's not something that would take place in like a hospital. Right. So those things were just so radical and just so intense and in such a sh relatively short window of time. That was like a three-year span. Wow. It just changed everything, radical change. And that's where it was born out of. Everything was born out of. And just to also add to that, if I didn't say I was in the healing arts, you know, I got my Reiki master. I started getting into mm -hmm. all different kinds of the Akashic records. And so all of that was also amplifying the gifts that were coming uh -huh. through. I'm curious when you first, like the very beginning of it, when you first started getting messages from your deceased brother, did you like initially like doubt the whole thing? Were you questioning it? Was it like, am I going crazy? Did you <laughs> share it with your friends and family? And did they think you were go had lost it or, or were very little at first? Because okay. first of all, when it first started happening, my family was too, like they couldn't handle that. Of course, and of course. I was married at the time and he was not at all into this stuff. So uh, I couldn't really share much with him. He pretty much thought I was going crazy. And I guess I did too. So it was a very silent exploration. You know, the inquiry initially is like, is this real? And if it is, and you know, like a lot of times people will do the question, like make the chandelier drop. And I learned very quickly, like, that's not how I'm going to be able to get through. Like, I don't have, he was saying, I don't have that power to manipulate your physical world like that. I'm not that powerful in that way. So I started just playing with him in that way, consciousness, consciously and exploring that. And then when I started getting the animals and they started teaching me, mm. it was just such profound insights coming through from them, such like the lessons that they were giving me were changing my life for the better. I couldn't help but share those things. I so. see. I see. So, so while you were going through all these shifts and changes and kind of finding your way on your spiritual path, your own life, like you said, you got out of debt. Um, I'm assuming the, the, uh, cigarettes, alcohol, those kinds of addictions went away. So you, because you saw it in your own life, then it was, I guess it gave you a little more confidence of like, it helped you. So maybe it can help other people. Well, for sure. I knew that I knew those things were life-changing. I mean, to go from smoking 
two packs of cigarettes a day for 20 years and repeatedly trying to quit and being not being able to, to realizing that angels could help me with that. That was an early stage of how I quit the smoking. It was like the angels where I would ask them for help and specific things they would tell me to do. They literally gave me the guidance of how to, to, to quit the smoking. That was like, and, and the energies in me were shifting the vibration in me, the, the, the frequency of my body and the energy I was embodying was shifting. So the needs of my own former self, so to speak in the physical world were changing. I no longer needed to call upon something because I was moving towards love. I was energetically shifting into love. So these old patterns that were developed over time from a lack of love, a seeming lack of love, a lack of self-love and self-care and self-nurturing, those were patterns that I developed to cope. And in fact, that's what we all do. We develop these patterns as a way to cope in this physical world of lunacy. Right. (laughs) And when we start to come into alignment with our divinity, those coping patterns are no longer necessary, whether it's emotionality, drama, you know, mentalizing things, or whether it's a physical pattern of excessive drinking, smoking, spending. I did all of those, you know, inappropriate sexual relationships. I did that kind of thing. Mm. So that all of those things changed forever. By the way, I've never since then taken a pharmaceutical drug. I haven't needed over-the-counter drugs in the last 20 years since that happened, I have not once been physically sick. Wow. I, I just, I mean, I've had a couple little colds, but that was always when I, I could right. trace the pattern in me of gotcha. overworking, depleting myself, getting exhausted. So then a cold would come in to like kind of. Force of course, me of course, of course. All right. Let, let, let's hold it there. We got to take our first break. When we come back, I'd like to just talk about like the, the DNA activation, the, the, the Ascension guidance sort of, the work that you're doing today, like how that developed and, and what you see the purpose of that being. Okay. Wonderful. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc. And we stream all over Facebook on the um, Inspired Thoughts, on the, the Talk Radio NYC and the Conscious Consultant pages. And we will be right back with our guest, Lorianne Spanga, right after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Lorianne Spanga. Um, Laurie, you have a little guest there on your lap, don't you? Why don't we introduce him? I do. <laughs> oh, she's my little puppy girl. Her oh. name is Emma Shasta. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. A little Spaniel. She gets used um, to these. She'll sit on my lap and then go to sleep when we interview. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you've been doing this work for a number of years. You said, you know, about 20 years now. Um, I'm sure that the, your work, your healing work, your guidance work has evolved over the years. What would you say is sort of the focus of what you do today? I would say the focus is to assist awakening beings who truly want to accelerate their journey, who are really willing to, you know, they're like the diehards, not just the love and lighters who spiritually bypass, but the real want to awaken to help them to come into alignment with their divine source, Mm -hmm. to really align with the divinity that is within each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And that includes animals. Absolutely. Absolutely. So over the 20 years that you've been doing this, have you noticed any kind of shift? I mean, a general shift, you know, sort of a, a, a humanity shift of how people approach this stuff and their openness or lack of openness to it? I, I would say so. I mean, first of all, we're, we're all going through a radical time of awakening on earth and um, everyone gets to choose the journey, but regardless of the journey or the process they choose, everyone is going through it. Mm. So this time on earth, we kind of have two primary, two primary ways to choose to go through it. And one primary way, one of those two ways is in the light, which means the path of the light is one where we're willing to face the shadow so Mm. that we can be in the light. We're willing to look at things that might not be or seem to be all positive all the time so that we can come into a kind of uh, magnanimity. We can love all there is to love and know and experience ourselves as love, as joy, as the embodiment of joy, that we can walk this earth free from fear, liberated from fear and from the density associated with it. And still experience the richness and the fullness that life has to offer. And at the same time, come into that oneness with our own divine source and the, and the source that is within all, everyone, everything, everywhere. Hmm. So that's one path. And that choice is a little more challenging, especially over the past two years. The second path that is also available to everybody is to walk the path through, to go through the path in the shadow. And that is, that is from a state of the willingness not to know, the willingness not to see, the willingness to, to be on the journey and to let the primary energy in that journey or along that journey that one is processing through and experiencing be more dense, more of fear-based in the shadow, not knowing truth, but at the same time feeling safe and protected within that shadow by refusing to, to reveal to the self all there is to reveal. And there's no wrongness in that path. It's just some people aren't ready They don't know that they're ready or they don't feel ready to make the shift to expose what's in those shadows to themselves because it can be, it seems very scary to them. Right, right. And again, no judgment, no wrongness, right? There's no wrongness. Right. It's just a choice that people are making. Most people who are choosing the path of the shadow are choosing it very unconsciously though. Right. And they're taking very unconscious but there's a lot of resistance there there's resistance um there's a lot of like kind of what we would call um well we could call it egoic structure but i tend to refer to it more as um, inertia energetic constructs energetic frequencies that kind of block or inhibit and those show up as argument debate cynicism um um, they show up as as a refusal to to allow um, it's a, a resistance. So that's the energy of those things, and they they challenge people 
Um, and they're very challenging to work with because that energy is not, it's, it's an overly masculinated energy of mm. force push um, that, that energy in that, in that paradigm. And it's okay. You know, it's really is okay. It's part right. of reality. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like we all have our own path and, and some people's path you know, looks radically different than our own path. We may be on a path of consciousness, of, of, of personal freedom, development, and other people might be taking the exact opposite path. And it might just be that it's just not their time. It's not their time to wake up. It's not, there's no need to judge them for their path. Doesn't mean we don't want something better for them, but we don't know what is best for their soul or for their spirit overall. I, I, I remember a long time ago um, when I took over the radio station from its founder, Giorgio Repetti, who became a Buddhist monk. And he used to talk about the, the uh, Buddhist concept of Kama Vipaka, which is someone's sort of spiritual karma that he was also a healer. He was an acupuncturist, but he would, when he would teach people, he would say, look, we're not necessarily healing anybody of anything because ultimately we're all going to die anyway. And we don't know what their spiritual path is. So you could cure somebody from cancer and the next day they go out and get hit by a bus. So it's, we don't really know what someone's path is. And so if we can remove our judgment from it and just sort of accept it for what it is, but focus on our own path and our own evolvement that then we can be, as you said before, more magnanimous with the people around us. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I will say the one thing I will say is that I think it's everybody's time. We're mm-hmm. here at this time to awaken and everybody is going to awaken one way or another. It's just that some people, and we've witnessed this over the last year, are choosing to awaken through the process of physical transition. And that doesn't mean we don't have great great compassion for them. From our human perspective, we see that physical transition or death as a sadness. We associate it with great grief and remorse and struggle and pain and loss. And, and that is real for us. Mm-hmm. However, you know, like I just did a channeling last week. I mean, we got a connection with a pure channel with Betty White. And what she was saying was like how much she she chose at the time to leave and how much she loved and enjoyed her life. And now how exciting it was for her to be realizing how she could be anywhere at any time and in multiple places at multiple times just through Mm -hmm. awareness. And that as people would think of her, she could go to where they were because she was still identifying as herself in this Mm non-physical. So she's having her own awakening and enlightenment. And she, from the channeling, was like in absolutely zero pain. She was in such a state of joy and excitement. So again, it's, you know, it's like there, we're all here to awaken at this time. And it's just more like the path we're choosing. And the only other thing I would say, just to add on to that, is that most people who are traversing the shadows, typically, it's the question is, is will they be given and we are working, we on the side of the light are, we have an agenda, we call that the light agenda. Mm-hmm. We are working to facilitate this for them. Um that they are given the choice to consciously choose rather than to be manipulated by a false sort of what we call a false timeline or mm-hmm. fall, or denser energies that would seek to manipulate and keep them in the shadows. And those energies typically are energies associated with what I call the inertia, the density or the gravity, what, that which is gravity in the physical world. The heaviness of their pain, their suffering, their fear, their sadness, their grief, their regret, their sorrow, their their guilt, their shame, etc. Because those are just energies that are not the truth of who they are, right? Mm. All humans are truly love embodied. Right. Just the consciousness of joy. The end, but but in those dense energies that they've been playing in, they are not consciously typically aware that they can choose something better. So the agenda of the light from those of us in this um, other timeline is that we are here to serve and support them. 
First, mm. by being the light that we are, and then also by sharing truths, frequencies, energies, vibrations to assist those so that at least they can choose. Because if they say, you know, I'm happy with my anger, <laughs> or mm. if they say, I would rather be full of rage, or I would right. rather hold on to my guilt, or I'm not ready. Okay, we respect and honor that. But if you realize that they don't have to choose that, that they can have something more enjoyable, more benevolent, more beneficial, more positively uplifting for them, that will change their trajectory in the most wonderful, magical, fabulous ways, that they can choose that. And it won't happen overnight, and it is not a pill. (laughs) But it is possible for them. It is real. It is very real. Right. So that's why we're here. We're here to help that trajectory of that other option so that at least they can choose consciously rather than be manipulated um, by the physical world and even distracted by the craziness of the physical world. Hmm. Great. I I want to let, let's hold it there because I want to take our next break. Um, And when we come (laughs) back, when we come back from break, I want to talk about how we can use our spiritual gifts to help us in today's environment, today's world, because where we are today is vastly different from where we were two years ago. And a lot of people, I mean, some people have adapted, some people are struggling with it. Um, So let's talk about like, what are the spiritual tools that we can individually access for our own lives to help us with where we are today? Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. So, Laurie, I, I have kind of two questions. I, I first want to ask you, you know, given what's happened over the last couple of years, what's the gift in all of this for us? And then with the challenges we're dealing with, what are the spiritual tools we can use to help us with sort of our day-to-day life in this new reality? Yeah. Um, okay. So the, you know, it's interesting. I also just recently did a channeling where we channeled the consciousness of COVID ah. because there's consciousness in everything and there's purpose in everything. Mm-hmm. And it was so fascinating what came through about how COVID served us. And mm-hmm. we as a um, collective are just, just barely beginning to realize that. So 
I mean, that could take another hour just to talk about that. But the main (laughs) gift is a calling to awaken, a calling to awaken, a calling to be more conscious of our choices, of how we uh, treat our bodies and one another, how we treat our earth, Mm -hmm. what we put into our bodies. And Mm -hmm. what we put into our bodies includes what we listen to and what Mm -hmm. we watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, so the, the request is to really consciously, really get consciously aware of that, because no matter what you're choosing, you, you need to be conscious of mm-hmm. what you're putting into your body, including through your eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. Then the other major part of it is also who and what you listen to and who and what you believe. Mm-hmm. So, because based on who and what you listen to and who and what you believe, and, and also, where is your authority? Where do you put your authority? Do you put your authority in an external authority? Or do you put your authority within yourself and your own divinity? So these are all gifts of the COVID experience that we are just beginning to realize and wake into. More of that is certainly to be revealed in the next year to two years. Mm. and and it was very clear this was not just a tool of the shadow this was a tool of the light as Uh, okay fascinating right yeah imagine it served the expansion of consciousness and the evolution of humanity into the light so we're still we were just we don't quite realize it yet but it will become more and more obvious in the coming two years is what we're told Mm. um and certainly this year a lot Mm. more too even more so. Um, the other thing to, and I could elaborate on that, but I'll just table it for now because I mm-hmm. think it's so. Um, yeah, we only got so much time, more. although I could talk with you for hours. We only have an hour for the show. <laughs> so to address your second question is how can we, you know, use what we're learning something to the effect in our physical world. The first and most important thing that comes through over and over and over again is that part of what we are learning here as a collective, especially I would say in the path of the light, is how not to allow the external world to dictate our experience and how to create the external, the experience that we have from within us. Now, the way that we do that is by learning to work with, manage, and utilize our energy, the frequencies of energy that we embody, and we can change any frequency, as we talked about in the first segment, and then also to utilize our thoughts and our emotions in a conscious way, because our thoughts and our emotions are what conscious, what we are, what create our reality. So in other words, if someone is extremely afraid of attracting something or catching something or getting something or experience, if they're extremely afraid of that and they're thinking about it and they're feeling afraid, they're going to create the very thing that they don't want, right? That which we focus on expands. Exactly. So um, this is basic law of attraction. So we become the conscious creators by utilizing the energy, the thoughts and the emotions that we have to have the experience that we want, regardless of the the external reality presents Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And then we manage the external reality by what we take into our, into our body. We talked about earlier. One other piece I want to say that's so important here is the DNA. We all have, oh my goodness, the human reality has been operating on two strands of DNA that we believed we were powerless over. And in fact, we have at least, at least 10 more strands that science has already identified of uncoded, or um, they call it um, junk DNA. Yeah. Well, they used to call it junk. Now they call it dormant. All of that turns out is, is, is coded to help us awaken. And the problem is, is that if we stick things into our body that are, you know, um, that contain things that are DNA disruptors or inhibitors, or if we put genetically modified foods into our body or artificial substances, artificial sweeteners, fluoride, et cetera, chemicals, that will all disrupt the DNA and interfere with it getting activated. Mm. Uh, We can change all that, of course. 
Mm-hmm. And the high frequencies can absolutely awaken this DNA. It has all of our gifts. It has all the solutions for humanity. It certainly contains codes for anyone who mm-hmm. chooses it of um, immunity and imperviousness to anything and everything in the physical world. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful solution do, for humanity. Once uh, I'm curious. Do, do you have like a, a, a daily, a simple daily practice people can start to work with to just at least move in that direction? Yes. Well, number one, a daily practice of meditation and breath work, any meditative state and breath work. The other daily practice, I teach this in all my classes and workshops, is getting into the theta brainwave frequency, which is a universal brainwave frequency that connects us telepathically to everyone, everything, and our source. And we can go deeper than that, but that's the first step. Learning how to activate the heart center to awaken the um, brain matter in the heart because we do have scientifically, this is true, brain matter in our heart center mm-hmm. and also cultivating the gut brain, which we also have brain matter in our gut. Yep. We know yep. this stuff scientifically now. So we have to practice through meditative states and breath work to activate the theta brain wave, to also activate this third eye, which is our pineal pituitary glands, right? Mm-hmm. And to activate our heart brain and our gut brain. And then from that deep meditative state, when we learn to get into those frequencies, we ask our own divinity to begin to awaken these codes within us. Hmm. So, you know, we could do the practice, but that takes much longer time than we have, but it doesn't take that long, an hour a day, half an hour a day, you know, or uh, you find your own natural rhythm. You know, so for me, Friday afternoons are typically like three hours of this. And then during the week, I'm a little more busy. I have maybe a half an hour here and there. Sometimes I have an hour. So, you know, you find your own rhythm of working this into your own journey, your own daily ritual and practice, where and how it fits for you. But it all happens through meditative states, through um, advanced breath work. And yes, nature, the ultimate mm. healer, nature, yeah. nature. We just got a, a minute or two before break. Um, you work a lot with the animals. You mentioned before that you, you've gotten messages from animals. How has have having animal companions, how does that help people? How does that help us? Oh my goodness. We can spend an hour on this too, yeah. but um, you know, hours on it. But the, the animals are here to help humans. The animals are already holding and embodying the virtues that humans are developing. So whether it's the virtue of magnanimity, whether it's the virtue of compassion, whether it's the virtue of, um, of, of, of knowledge of cause and effect, the animals already have that. They are, and they are fully, they are very sentient beings, way more sentient than we have given them credit for. They are so sentient. They're asking for us to recognize their sentience because they really are here to teach us and to help us to reveal who we are to ourselves, mm. right? And they have that knowledge within them. It, it doesn't matter if they're wild or if they live in their human family, they, um, they're here to teach their human family and to help heal their human family. They're energetic sponges, psychic sponges mm. and empathic sponges. So they'll absorb what's going on in their environment to heal their humans mm-hmm. and their environment, and also to relay or demonstrate what what's going on. Yeah, Make sense? I've known a number of people who have had animals who were just exposed to a lot of negative energy, and the animal ended up taking it in and getting cancer or getting some some disease and and passing. Um, but the person was fine, and and of course they're heartbroken mm-hmm. at losing the animal. But what what I see is what they don't recognize is that the animal actually protected them; that they were the ones who would have gotten the disease had they not had the animal. That's exactly. Yeah. Totally true. Okay. And, um, and the animal wants them to learn something from it. From so, that. yes, sorry. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's time for us to take our last break. When we come back. Um, Maybe let's talk a little bit about, you know, what guidance is telling you is coming forward. Like you mentioned how, you know, the next couple of years, we're going to see things more clearly. And and I would like to also maybe talk, touch upon the environment a little bit more and sort of the importance of being more conscious of our effect on the environment, because that has mm-hmm. an effect on the whole system, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We we're speaking this hour with Lorianne Spagna, and we will be right back after these messages. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, or what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, so, Laurie, you, you're obviously, you meditate a lot. You're, you're in touch with divine guidance. Um, you know, you, you see things from a slightly different perspective, I think, than many people do. Um, what has guidance told you of, of, of what it's revealed with you so far of what's coming in the next few years? What, what can we expect? Well, one of the biggest things that they're, um, saying, and this isn't really new, but we can relate to this because we're if you're if you're aware, you'll see it, is that the breakdown of the old systems will continue and that will continue to escalate. And that breakdown should never be um, fear induced. It should not cause us fear. It should cause us ideally celebration, not that they should on us, but they invite celebration of that because what they're suggesting, more than suggesting, outwardly saying, is that the old systems, which have, we could equate those systems to, you know, world mass media, we could equate them to big pharma, government, monetary systems, you know, those big systems and structures. What, What the divine teams are saying is that these systems have been service to self, to the harm of the many, for the benefit of the few. And it is time for them to collapse. And they are collapsing, even if we may have seen some of them, for example, Big Pharma, getting stronger over the last year to two years. In reality, it is the ultimate demise because they are benefiting to the harm of the many to the expense of the many and in service to the few. They are structures and systems that are built out of an old paradigm that is based in that overall philosophy. And it does not mean pharmaceutical drugs necessarily that are serving will go away. It means the systems that serve that you that they were built upon will either collapse entirely or be fully, wholly, and completely restructured so that they shift into a new way of serving the greater good of all Hmm. for the positive support and upliftment of all and ideally harm to none. That's the shift we're making. We're making a shift out of service to self and into service to the greater good of all. And so these old systems and structures, we will be witnessing them even more in the coming years, continuing to collapse anywhere there is 
um, the instability based on this is not the foundation of this is not based in service to the greater good, which is a foundational structure of love or of peace or of joy, enjoyment, etc. So these the new foundations will be built on that excitement, enthusiasm, anticipation for the good of all. Though that energy is the new foundation that things will be built on. So anything that's not built on that, including excessive, extreme patriarchal control, domination, manipulation, secrecy, coercion, that stuff will continue to collapse. And the guidance is continually reinforcing, like, fear not that, celebrate that. Mm. And the moment you recognize like this is a really good tool anyone can use. Let's say your insurance company is saying we can't insure you or we won't pay for that or you're being forced into something you don't want. Maybe it's the force of having to take a jab for your work, whatever it is that feels not right to you, whatever it is. And that feels like you're having to compromise on something so inherently important to you, your own integrity or a choice that's for your own health from your perspective, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you must come into the realizations of the team. It's almost like they're saying it through me that that there's always another option available to you that would be more beneficial to you. But it's you as a conscious creator, all of us who would be required to come into that awareness there's something better available already. And through your choices, you say, okay, this isn't working for me. Show me, reveal to me a better choice that is more aligned with the truth of who I am and my true vibration and the trajectory of where I'm choosing to go. That choice will be made very clear to you and asked that it be made clear to you in ways that are good, divinely aligned, you know, benevolent for you, <laughs> enjoyable, so that you can make the choice. Mm-hmm. And so the choice is clear. They're saying over and over again, this is what's happening. The moment you as a conscious being make the choice to have something new and better, something new and better will be revealed very quickly. And you have to be conscious enough, allow yourself to see it and receive it. So it's, yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like what you're saying is to really approach everything from the point of view of being a creator of our lives. And that if there's something, if if there's a, a decision point where we just see two choices there are actually many more choices is to ask to be shown what are the other choices that we're not seeing you know it's it's a question yes. i like to ask myself in certain situations what am i not seeing but the key yes. is we need to ask we need to be first we need to be open enough that there could be another choice and then we need to actually ask like they can't help us if we don't ask That's true. And the important thing also about asking is to always understand that asking an open-ended question. So what most humans do is the moment a question is asked, we answer it. Now you've Mm -hmm. sealed the loop, you've made a full circle. So now, like, for example, the law of cause and effect, universal laws, which are laws of quantum physics, but also they are God's laws, Mm -hmm. they exist on a dimensional bandwidth what we call the sixth dimension. That's how I understand it and label it. That's beyond our physicality and they govern us. These are Mm -hmm. quantum physics and, and divine law, you know, both in agreement more or less. And so when you ask a question, the law of cause and effect combines with the law of free will, which is intent, consent, and authority and reveals an answer. But if you answer it, the law of quantum in the law of cause and effect is all the effect has been provided. So you have to get very skilled at asking a question that you want to know the answer that you desire, not like what's the worst that could happen. That's not really a good question, but what's the best that can happen. Oh, that's a good question. Or how does it get better than this? Or what could be possible that would allow for me to have a job that I love that wouldn't require me to have be forced to take X, Y, Z that would pay me a salary that I X amount or more or greater. Like that's a, that's an uplifting, positive question. And then you, whoever you are, do not answer the question, pose it to the intelligence of the universe, to your own divinity, to your source, to the quantum field. Let the laws of the universe step in. Free will says she's asking a question. That is her will to know the answer. This must be responded to cause and effect says, we must provide the effect of the question for the cause is the question. Synchronicity says, let me organize law of synchronicity. Let me organize. Let me gather the correct appropriate response to that question and or energetic frequency. See, this is how the universe works. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Now we can start working with our reality to create the experience we want. Okay. Just a couple of minutes left. I want to finish on this note. When it comes to challenges, sometimes things can feel overwhelming, like with the environmental challenges we are facing. It, 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 you know, we're being told by climate scientists that we need to make more massive changes. And, and, and it's almost like feels like it's beyond our control because we can do somewhat in our own little life. But the, what, the change that needs to happen is something on a larger, grander governmental world uh, level what can we do to feel less empowered and have more of an impact on these huge, huge things? Yeah. So first the energetic frequency of feeling disempowered, being disempowered, that's all old paradigm stuff that needs to shift. We are all so empowered. We just don't realize it. We can make monumental changes through energy and consciousness. We can affect the whole of our reality by changing the internal dialogue that is beliefs, belief systems, identifications, all that energetic structure that we've been carrying. So we have to break through that. The change has to come from within. And then when we make that change, we should definitely be joining together in groups and circles who have um, collective agreements to make changes on the global scale. So that's going to be light worker communities you know, where that change is already being made. Those changes are being made. We have great power. And one last piece, I know we're basically out of time, but when one being on earth is positively uplifted, this has been channeled through. It's incredible. One being is positively uplifted. The whole of humanity is uplifted. Mm. One being makes a difference. Right. Right. We are all uplifted. In a fractal universe, one little tiny change to the equation shifts the whole design, the whole fractal. Yes. And we are all being positively uplifted, whether we know it or not. Mm, mm, Beautiful. Even through the triggers, even through the shadow. Yes. Yes. It's a good note to end on, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So look, I would be remiss in my duties if I did not uh, give you an opportunity to let people know how can they learn more about you? What's your website? If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. Uh, well, first, they can go to my website is lorispagna.com. It's my name spelling, L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A. They can get some wonderful free gifts, like a gifted DNA activation. If they go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash DNA, they'll start learning about how to activate the DNA, why it's important. You can also get some wonderful free gifts about understanding more about the animals, how to communicate telepathically, how to open their own psychic abilities to communicate telepathically, and so much more working with energy for both self and other at lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. And they can also go to YouTube. And check out my YouTube channel. There's lots of great channeling there, great wisdom. And, you know, channel, we're putting up a whole ton of new channelings. The one from Betty White will be up there in another week. And, um, yeah, they can, get a, they can get codes of immunity and imperviousness activation on the YouTube channel as well for free. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Lori, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come on my show today. I so appreciate it. I could talk with you for hours and hours. Um, listen, if you ever make it back up to New York City, look me up, let me know, and let's get together for a cup of tea or something, okay? I certainly will. All Sam, right. thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I see uh, loyal listener Patty is like giving us the hand clap. So she enjoyed the show. So I knew you would be a good guest for my audience. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, please stay tuned. Uh, later today, we'll be doing a rerun for Frank About Health. And tomorrow, of course, we have our whole slew of uh, business related shows starting in the morning with philanthropy and focus and then always Friday and then uh, make sure you tune in to our newest show the edge of every day we're with Reverend uh, Sandra Bargeman on Monday evening at seven and we will talk to you all next week
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.